You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Wow. So glad to have you guys. Uh, hopefully, you were welcomed when you came in. We, uh, our, our mission here, what we're about, we, f- we exist to fully connect people to Christ, His community, and His cause. And so that's, that's our desire is to get you connected, whatever that looks like, in your personal relationship with Jesus, your personal relationship with others, uh, in this community, and, uh, and beyond. Uh, man, God has just been so good to us, to this community, to this church. We're so glad you're here today. Could you just pull out the welcome card that maybe you got today? Could you just pull those out? We, we print those out every week. Uh, Brent, our worship and communications director, prints, uh, uh, does the graphics every week. Those are for you. So hopefully they're just not sitting on the pew, but they're, you're able to look at them and see what's going on because we want to fully connect you to everything that's uh, happening here. We want to create experiences to fully connect you and others. And so I'm just going to cover a few of them uh, that are hopefully on there. Uh, number one, I can't wait for September's teaching series, and it's called, imagine that, I can't wait, (laughs) can't wait, and I am so excited, I really can't wait for us to uh, unravel the power and the mystery that lies in the book of Revelation. If you're following along with us in a chapter a day, uh, in September, we start uh, reading through Revelation. Many of you may have never studied it. Maybe you avoid it like the plague. I know I did for so long. And uh, we live in fear towards it, but we're going, to, we're going to just unlock the mysteries of Revelation to where we start to anticipate our forevermore with Jesus. And we start to not just anticipate, but we live with that trust. We live with that hope. We live with that expectation. And it will drastically change the way we live. So we're so excited about that. We can't wait. And hopefully uh, you can join us for the September teaching series. Speaking of September, we have a big season coming along with small groups. How many of you are excited for small groups? Hopefully more than... Yeah! Woo! Uh, we, um, last, last season, we had right around 70-some percent of all of our body at ECC plugged into small groups. That's huge. And so, again, we say we want to connect you to personal relationships. That's the, one of the main vehicles we do is we do two 10-week seasons of small groups. So there's going to be more information, and sign-ups will start September 1st. We're so excited. Have you enjoyed the You Asked For It series? Awesome. You know, I think, uh, I think us as a staff uh, have enjoyed it more because you guys really showed up. You guys sent so many questions, and they weren't all easy to answer either. And so this, this wraps up our You Asked For It series. However, I don't know if you've plugged in this week to our podcast. It's called Weekly Impact. Any listeners? A couple of you. <laughs> now, I saw hands all over. Um, This is our way to answer all the different questions that we couldn't get to on Sunday, on the the, uh, uh, four Sundays, three Sundays we did, three, three, I can count, three, Um, three Sundays we did. So we did a podcast 
where we answered probably about 10 to 11 questions. And then we're going to do the same for next Tuesday since more questions came in. So there is a phone number text your question to, and it will be covered, hopefully, Lord willing, if we have time, uh, on the podcast that you will hear uh, this coming Tuesday. And then if we get so many questions, we just might need to find other avenues to answer those questions. So we're wrapping up today's series. Can you all say, oh, yeah, but it's so exciting. It's so exciting how God just brought all the questions in to wrap this up. And one of the main questions that we got, the main kind of theme that we, we received from you is a very difficult, packed question. And it is this, why do bad things happen to good people? Honestly, that not even in Christianity, but whenever Jesus is mentioned, the gospel is mentioned, God is mentioned, So many people will ask, well, if your God is loving and your God is real, why do bad things happen to good people? We also had a question with that of, I feel like I can only handle so much and God has thrown more than I can handle in my life. Some of you wrote that depression, depression and even thoughts and seasons of suicide are surrounding your life. Questions of what do I do when depression is thicker and heavier than I can handle and I want to just give up. These are real questions that are being experienced from everyone around you. I mean, just think the person to your left is probably experiencing some sort of struggle, battle, challenge, hardship that you don't know about. And they're Their tape that they keep rewinding and playing is, you're not going to make it. This is too much. God is mad at you. This is a punishment. God has abandoned you. This is all your fault. You are worthless. You are weak. And all of a sudden, we just unravel to such a dark place that we don't even understand how we got there. And then we wonder, God, why have you allowed this in my life? Is there anything good that can come out of this? And when we saw these questions, I didn't hesitate. I immediately thought of one man that God has brought in my life to answer this question. Because I believe to answer this question, you need to hear from someone who has hit absolutely rock bottom and experienced traumatic, tragic lows. And uh, I'm privileged, I'm so privileged uh, to have a relationship with this guy to meet him about two years ago. And um, our relationship began to foster and grow when he hit one of those tragic, traumatic lows. And through that tragic low, I was able to see him in his response and his experience to those tragic lows. And to see God form such an incredible, pure character, to see his heart transformed, and stronger than ever, to see the support and anchor of his life, his wife, never give up, never lose hope, even though she maybe thought about it, but she never lost hope. I see this family's, this couple's endurance and faithfulness 
that is just absolutely evidence of a faithful God. And more importantly, I've seen him cling to the hope that we sang about living hope. When all feelings are gone and you feel like God's abandoned you, hope that never disappoints in Jesus is what kept this man going. So Elevation Community Church, I want you to welcome our special guest and a dear friend of mine and Lauren's, Jeffrey Higgins. Would you come on up, brother? Oh, come on, Elevation. Come on. Good morning, Elevation Community. Oh, man, uh, Jeff, you know, one of our, one of our favorite pastimes, um, uh, Jeff has a beautiful, beautiful lake. Speaking of extreme highs, he's got a beautiful property in Wilmington, and uh, we get to fish. I think there's a, a picture of it. Uh, the, thing, the thing that you need to understand is he's holding my fish. Um, just just, just yeah. want to say that. Hey, so, something I got to tell you about your pastor. He is really good at finding the fish, but getting them into the boat is another matter. <laughs> Let's just say you don't want to record uh, me. Man, I just kept, one day, just kept you getting. You catching them one uh, right after the other? But they, they just they wouldn't just... come in the boat. They knew the pastor had them. Yeah, so, uh, man, um, you know, Jeff, I honestly, since we really met and since you've been going through your extreme low in that season, uh, I couldn't wait. We've talked about this for a long time, and yeah. it's been about a year and a half now, yeah. and it's so cool how God just brings everything to fruition at his timing. And you know, if people know you, they know you have a successful business, you have an incredible family, uh, you've made a great name for yourself um, in the community, in the business world. You have it all together. You have a, a wonderful family. You, 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 you have wealth. You have, you have such joy. At, People looking on the outside, there's just saying, how can this guy really I answer this question? Guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why <laughs> does God allow bad for. things to happen? Well, this guy, he doesn't understand what bad things are. Well, I would like to hear a little bit of your story mm -hmm. and maybe just start. Uh, Jeff has always said uh, through this, because I've asked him, what is the story? What is the message behind this? And he said, it's the God of hope and faithfulness through the extreme highs and the extreme lows. Can't we relate to that? Because we all have extreme highs, but we also have extreme lows. And Jeff definitely has experienced both of those in extreme. Yeah. So do you, you mind just kind of touching on maybe some of those extreme lows? Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, keep going. Uh, uh, and I felt it on my heart that, uh, that I, I needed to share this story. So I appreciate you allowing me to come and speak with you all this morning because um, I know that there's a lot of people from my experience doing uh, uh, spiritual retreat weekends, the men tell their stories and you're like, gosh, I never realized that they had that in their life. Um, started when I was young, I, I had a, a good family, an upper middle class family, and one of those from the outside looked uh, pretty normal and happy, but uh, uh, behind the closed doors, of course, there was uh, a lot going on, and uh, my mother was an alcoholic, uh, my brother was extremely violent. Uh, one of the most poignant memories I have from my childhood is my mom hanging that Olin Mills picture, portrait of our smiling family over holes in the wall that my brother had punched. There was... Uh, a lot of verbal abuse, uh, some physical abuse, and it was very, very tumultuous. Then um, one day, uh, I was, or one night, I was woken in the middle of the night, and a pastor uh, wakes me up, 
and he pulls me out into the hallway, and my family's there, and I'm like, what's going on here? And he says, uh, your mother's been killed in a car accident. Um, I was 11 years old at the time, and I, I didn't know how to handle that. I kind of closed down, um, frankly, for a large part of the first, first part of my life. Um, two years later, my older brother, um, he was several years older than me. I was 14 years old. Um, he was tragically suddenly killed in a car accident also. Um, and then uh, March of 2017, my sister, uh, who had, I think, been dealing with alcoholism her whole life, probably tied somewhat to this, um, had to make the decision to stop the life support that was keeping her alive. She was in the hospital in a coma. And there was no coming out of it. And for four days, I was by her side until she finally passed away. Um, so, so you lost three family members yeah. tragically. Um, we, we have a, um, a picture just so you can kind of see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my entire nuclear family except for my father. Um, makes family reunions easy. But uh, <laughs> I know, kind of a dark joke. But, you know, <laughs> what, what can you do? Um, but because of the early experiences in my life, um, I, I, you know, Romans 8.28 was always very meaningful for me, that uh, God can make all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And, and I held on to that. I clung on to that and, and, and actually put it into action. You know, as Phil said, I'm very blessed. I was able to, um, I, I continued to go to church. Um, and for 17 years, I taught senior high Sunday school class, uh, hoping that my experiences could help other young people in, in their faith walk. Um, I met my wife in, in high school in Milford here, my beautiful wife, Shelly, um, just blessing beyond compare. Um, uh, got a good business, um, and, and uh, I've got... Uh, uh, a, uh, three daughters and four son-in-laws and our three son-in-laws, four <laughs> grandchildren. Yeah, you're like doing the math, right? We're both having trouble counting. This wow. <laughs> I'd like to read from scripture. Um, <laughs> so, um, so there, I have many blessings in my life. I have good friends. Um, I've, uh, I've climbed mountains. Um, I've, I've, they literally climb literally climb mountains. Climb mountains. Um, Guatemala, right? I've been blessed to, to serve. The, the picture on the top is a, a fundraiser I did um, when I was uh, 50 years old. I figured, well, I, you know, I've never done this before. I'm not getting any younger, and, uh, and I turned it into a fundraiser. I always say, if you're going to do something big, attach it to something bigger. And I have missionaries in Guatemala that we support. And uh, so I climbed the mountain and in the same time raised uh, enough money to halfway to build that school for special needs in Guatemala. Uh, it's in a remote area. They don't have special needs school there, and uh, the people there are uneducated, so a child with Down syndrome uh, could be neglected uh, and left to die uh, just because they don't know what to do with them. So I, I feel a great blessing to be able to serve. Um, I've been on Oh, I don't know how many uh, retreat weekends that I've either had a part of uh, putting on or led. Um, I served on my church council as president of my church council. Um, and, you know, a, a life of, of chasing after God and, and what he wanted me to do. So that 
your, your childhood tragedies. And of course, we are just literally scraping the surface. What you're hearing is a very quick uh, um, highlight reel. Mm -hmm. You know how you watch, a, uh, if you wanna watch a movie really fast, you watch the highlight reel? And what you're seeing is the highlight reel. We can't fully experience Jeff Higgins' behind the scene footage. Uh, neither can we with you. We don't know what you've been through. We don't know all the details that uh, contribute to the impact and, and through the uh, experience that you have. And so with, with, with Jeff, we're just literally uh, scraping the barrel. But uh, so for you, you would say Romans 8, 28, even with the tragic lows as a kid, mm -hmm. that just kept you moving on. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I think you read that verse, and, and there's several verses, I can do all things through God who strengthens me, all things, all things, God, really. And, and, but I firmly believe that, and, and I, I, I practice that through my life, knowing that even through the difficult times, the difficult things that we uh, experience in our lives, that God can possibly make it work for, for good if we stay focused on him. Yeah. Anything else on your upbringing that uh, extreme high or extreme lows? No, I, I, you know, I, I think it's important even through the difficulties in our lives and the tragedies and, and the, the, the hard times that we remember too our blessings. Um, and, and uh, you know, even through all those, those hard times, and of course, many more throughout our lives that we all have, you know, uh, mm -hmm. starting a business is uh, no easy thing, and there's difficult times through that, but you know, stay focused on your blessings. I think it's very important. Mm. It doesn't wipe away everything, but it helps you maintain perspective, I think. And this was really put to test for you. It was. Um, so would you mind, uh, now that... Uh, you have everyone's attention. Would you mind sharing with us the probably the most tragic low you've ever faced and hopefully will ever face yeah, so, uh, on this earth? And what, what date was that? Uh, that was July 9th, 2017. <clears throat> I had several years ago, I was out golfing one day. I had a country club, my country club, and it was a brutally hot August day, right? And I'm golfing and my ball goes to the right as it has a tendency to do. And uh, and I, and I go over, I drive over there, and there's another guy there, and he's got a ball. He says, uh, I'll trade you balls. And I said, well, why is that? He said, because I've got a tree in my line. <laughs> and I was just out of the clear blue. Later on, I'm up in the parking lot. Uh, I've got a, um, a GT500 Shelby Mustang. And, um, and he comes over, the same guy comes over to me. He said, I'll trade you cars. <laughs> and uh, we talked for a little bit. And he finds out enough to, about me. Uh, and, go our separate ways. I think, yeah, great guy. And he seems like a real nice guy. Later that week, I get in the mail, I get a little card that says, hope we can get together and golf again sometime. Father Chris Coleman. I'm like, wow, that guy's a Catholic priest. You know, I'm a Lutheran, so that's kind of... <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it's that. It's kind of like the Big Ten Michigan versus... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. 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 So it was on from there. Chris and I were just two of a kind. You know, we... Uh, uh, became very close friends, and um, you know we're golfing every weekend, either at his club or my club. That's Chris. Yeah. Yeah, there he is. He got us on to Harbor Town for free. Catholic priests can get away with just about anything. I think. <laughs> Moving on. Chris. Chris is a, Chris is just a great guy, though. I mean, and and he was outgoing. Uh, we loved to golf. Uh, and we we uh, were golfing uh, July 9th, uh, two thousand seventeen, at his club in Wyoming, and. Uh, 
he said he had said to me a couple weeks before that, hey, you know, I'd like to t go for a ride in your car. I'm thinking we met over that car, and I've never even taken you for a ride in it. So uh, we went, got in the car, and uh, the ride lasted about five seconds, and uh, had a tragic accident, and Chris didn't survive. You never expect this stuff to happen to you, but stuff does happen, obviously. And um, I remember waking up the next day from what little sleep I got overnight, and my wife saying to me, she said, um, you know, what are we going to do? And I said, I, I have no idea. And, you know, um, you get into the system, and it's not friendly. Um, I, uh, it'll give you great pause to see the word homicide associated with your name. By the system, you mean jail? Jail. I pled guilty. Um, and um, uh, while, you know, waiting to go into jail, I was just a, a very low, dark place, as you can imagine. Um, I know some of you have experienced low, dark places. Um, the PTSD, uh, the panic attacks, I never knew what a panic attack was. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is my heart racing? Why can't I, I spend most of the day at work laying on the floor trying to gather myself? I was barely functional. And, um, and that's where I found myself. And, and I was mad at God. And I said, God, I said, what, why are you putting me through all this? You know, why, why couldn't you, you could have stopped this. Um, and, and people would tell me, well-meaning friends, you know, God's refining you. And I said, God could take his refining and stick it in his ear. I've had about enough of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I felt abandoned by God, certainly. Everything that you said, you know, that's where I was. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine, he, uh, uh, Mark, Mark Wegmeyer is here with me today. He said, you know, we're going to uh, do a Bible study. Uh, while you're in jail, and, and we want you to do a Bible study while you're in jail, and uh, and that helped keep me focused on my faith, uh, not focused on my my own tragedies. So ex extreme lows, um, finding yourself, um, you know, pleading guilty and 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 sentence, and find yourself away from family mm. and friends. Can you just even paint a picture of? Uh, what that, what you were experiencing in those dark moments, uh, and then we'll get to a glimpses of hope. But what? Yeah, yeah as um, you know, uh, jail, the Hamilton County Justice Center is an awful place. Um, I was scared, um, but at the same time, I was clinging to my faith and holding a Bible study. Um, you never see yourself. <laughs> How did I get here? Right, I'm having a Bible study with child molesters and, and uh, uh, robbers and rapists and, and, and murderers. Um, but nonetheless, we were all there in stripes and we had Bible study and they participated and, and it was a good thing. But I was, I was there in, in protective custody. Um, I signed out of protective custody to go into the zoo part of the jail. Uh, general, not the Cincinnati Zoo. Not the either, Cincinnati right? Zoo. This place is not as fun as that. Uh, the general population, so I could get a job because I wanted to get home to my wife in the worst kind of way, man. Um, and I was, I was scared to death. And I, I got out in the general population, and I'm out in general population, and that's when I hit my low spot. You know, I was, I was just, 
I'm not thinking I'm going to get this job. Um, I, I'm, I'm stuck there kind of in, uh, in, in, in general population, which is, like I said, is not a fun place. Um, and then Phil showed up one day, and I felt so I feel, still feel so bad about it. He, Shelly calls him, and she said, it's really bad, Phil. He's in the worst kind of way. And Phil just happened to be on his way downtown or in the area, and he stops in. And I actually was headed to you yeah, already. Already. I didn't tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Uh, yeah. I love right? how God works. How God works. Um, but, um, and, and I feel so bad because uh, we're across the glass. He's on the phone. I'm on the phone. And all I can do is just sit there and cry. I'm inconsolable. I, I'm, I'm crying. I'm just like, Phil, this is, this is you know. You were defeated. I was deflated. totally defeated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading the Bible. I, I had kind of put it in front of me to read, start reading the Bible from beginning to end. I had my jail Bible here. Uh, and, I, and I marked on there as uh, uh, December 9th, 2017. And I got to the book of Job, and I thought, oh, good, Job, right? So, you know, Job, he suffered, and, you know, but there was redemption, and I, this is going to be uplifting, right? But instead, I found the, uh, the verse that gave uh, voice to my agony, which is Job uh, chapter 3, verses 20 through 23. This is the message. It says, why does God bother giving light to the miserable? Why bother keeping bitter people alive? Those who want in the worst way to die and can't, who can't imagine anything better than death, who count the day of their death and burial as the happiest day of their life. What's the point of life when it doesn't make sense, when God blocks all the roads to meaning? Whoa. That's where I was. I, thought, I read that. I highlighted it. I said, that, that's, where I, that's where I'm at. Wow. That's pretty rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... I love the verses in the Bible that talk about not just in our place of sin, but in place of life when, when we're just, uh, we feel like we, we, we're going through more than we could ever go through or, or the, the weight of our sin, the depravity of our sin. And, it, and the sentence that I love all over the Bible is, but God, mm-hmm. but God. When we give room to that word, but God, things can change doesn't take away the experience, doesn't take away the hurt, but things can change. And so could you just focus for a minute on some glimpses of hope that found you in your darkest low? Because, I mean, it's God that came chasing after oh, you. Oh, there's no doubt. And so I would love to just paint a quick picture of yeah. some of the uh, glimpses of hope. So, and I would say this to anybody who's going through difficult times, there's, there's several ways that your faith can help you. And one of those is the people that God puts in your life. Just so happened my daughter was in a Bible study uh, with a lady whose husband is a sergeant down at the jail. Uh, he talks to me, helps me understand what's going on down there, which scared me to death. Um, but he watches over me while I'm there. Um, I've got um, uh, my, uh, my good friend, his next door neighbor is an administrator at the jail. Phil, you know, when, when Chris died, Chris... Phil, my pastor, um, I, I didn't know Phil yet, excuse me, uh, Boniface, who I think has spoken with you before, you may remember him. Boniface just comes back from a trip to Kenya, goes into the hospital, really deathly ill. I mean, the, the guy's lucky to be alive. Yeah. Um, Chris dies, and, and, and so my, my, my support structure, my spiritual support structure, is, and then I met Phil. Um, God put Phil in my life, and he was there on one of those darkest days for me. 
Um, so there were a lot of people that God puts in your life that can help you. Reach out to them. Um, that's what they're there for. Your faith community. I brought uh, some hmm. of the letters that I received while I'm in jail, and this is only some of them. There's a lot of them here. Um, my faith community was there. They, they held me up. I, I kind of laugh, you know, because I, I saw it's one of those questions, right? Yeah. Do I really need to go to church in order to be a Christian? Well, you know, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but faith community is um, certainly, this is one of the reasons why faith community is important. And they, you, you were getting the reputation of, uh, you were the guy who got the, the fan mail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. People in jail don't get mail. <laughs> and certainly not like I did. I got, and, and there's all the books that people sent me. Um, there's, there's, uh, uh, they, they always used to joke about me. I was always that guy, right? And, uh, and, and, and that was another cool thing, too, is my wife. Phil yeah. told you how strong she was for me through this. And, and not only that, but... I would tell her about, hey, this guy, you know, I didn't have any food, and he gave me something, you know, and he helped me through. And she, so she'd write him a thank you note. Wrote him a, and, and these guys, these hardened criminals would come up to me with tears in their eyes and say, thank your wife for me. I've been here for seven months, and I've not gotten a single piece of mail. Hmm. I know it's easy to stereotype the guys in jail, and I don't, I, most of them I wouldn't trust as far as I can throw, but they are people, and they are going through their stuff, too. They just need to know they're loved. Yeah. And uh, you were one, one prime example of that love. You know, uh, you were telling me about when you uh, laid the first time on your very comfortable bed, <laughs> incredibly comfortable bed, and, you know, your, your plush pillow. Um, and there was something on the ceiling. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, so I was, man, I was anxiety out my ears and, and I'm walking around. First of all, I gotta tell you this, you yeah. know, and, I, and I, I'm in the common area when I first got to jail. And I'm in the common area and I look over and that was the first time in my life that I was glad to see a King James Bible. And it was sitting there like somebody had left it for me, right? And I grabbed that thing and I started reading it. And I can tell you, anxiety, every time I would get anxious, I would open up my Bible and start reading it. But lockdown comes, shift change in the afternoon. I, I go and I lay down and, and, and I look up only time I've ever seen anything other than gang graffiti on the ceiling of a, of, the, of a cell. And right above my head where I lay down is the word scrawled, God, show me your will. <laughs> so I think God was talking to me, and he talked to me in many different ways. When I was in processing, I was in a, a holding cell with uh, three other young black gentlemen that were not from the same part of town that I'm from. And they're talking about the shootings they've been involved with, and, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm in my misery, and I'm just sitting there on that concrete bench. And, and then all of a sudden, one of them starts talking about how he, why he's there. He said he had a car accident that his son was killed. And I looked up, and I said, man, I said, I know what you're going through. And we hugged, and we cried. And I told him, I said, you know, God can make even things like this work for good. And he looks at me, he says, I can't believe what you just said, man, what, what you just, he said, I don't go to church, I can't tell you a thing that's in the Bible. He said, but one thing I know from when I was young is God can make all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Whew. Blew me away, blew me away, couldn't believe it. So I'm in jail, I'm at that low point, right? It's December, my sister's birthday is the next day, and I'm talking on the phone with my wife. And all of a sudden they say, Higgins, you've got a professional visit. I go out in a sally port and I'm like, okay, there's a garden. There's a little old lady who looks like Barbara Bush. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> said, uh, where's my pro visit? I'm Higgins. He said, she's it. I said, ma'am, you're here to see me? She said, 
pulled out a piece of paper. She said, I'm here to see Jeremy Higgins. And I said, well, I'm Jeffrey Higgins. He's no Jeremy Higgins. I had it on my heart that I need to come down here and see Jeremy Higgins. I said, ma'am, who are you? Who sent you? She looked at the guard. She said, I'm here to see Jeremy Higgins. He looks in the, the directory and there's nobody in the jail with the last name Higgins even. She said, ma'am, he's all we got. And I said, ma'am. <laughs> I said, and I'm just like, who is this person? Why is she here? And uh, I said, ma'am, I said, who are you and who sent you here? She said, well, I'm Sister Karen from the Franciscan convent. And you could have knocked me over with a feather. I said, who sent you here to, to see me? She said, I don't know. I just had it on my heart. She said, somebody named Chris sent me. And I was like, Chris Coleman? She said, no, that wasn't it. But uh, I just had it on my heart. And I said, well, I, I don't know. I, I think you are supposed to be here to see me. And so um, I knew that at that point God was saying, no, God, I know, Jeff, I, I've not abandoned you. I'm still with you. Wow. One of the letters, so when I was there, I started getting every other day, I'd get this letter, this story, short story, faith story. Didn't know who it was from. Mm. And I'm reading through these things. I'm like, Shelly, who is this? Finally, I find out it's a brother of a friend of mine who I barely even know. And he's sending me these things almost like every day, every other day. And I get out of jail and I come to church here at Elevation. And Warren and Mary invite me to join their small group. And we joined their small group, and they said, we're going to do a new book. We want you to get this book. I get the book on Amazon and Kindle. I start reading it, and I realize that's the book that those stories are from, the book of mysteries. That was being sent to you. That was being sent to me. <laughs> it was the same book. Um, God showed up. He told me, he said, yeah, I, I was seeing a Christian counselor, and, and, he, and she says, you know, Jeff, there can be no Easter without Good Friday. And I found that very stunning quote. I, I had not heard it before, and, and I was just sitting there pondering that, and all of a sudden it, it dawns on me that my birthday's coming up, and it's on Good Friday, March 30th, 2018. I come to find out later that um, the day Chris died was, uh, was the day that he was baptized, 50 years to the day. I think that God, I, I, I feel like we can... If you continue to search after God, that he will reveal himself to you in, in the difficult times. Um, and too often we give up on him when he hasn't given up on us. I mean, what you're explaining is like just God's miracles showing up in your darkest low. And those are just a few examples. Um. So you, you got out. I'll never forget the picture you sent me of you getting out with your wife right after she got you out of the, the facility. And, um, man, you looked ragged. <laughs> he didn't shave. His hair was growing out. I'm like, yeah, I hope you shave before yeah, you plus, go back to business. Plus, I was walking down the street downtown Cincinnati with all my stuff, my books, my letters, everything that I had in a plastic bag. I look like a homeless person. <laughs> They're probably saying, bless Shelly's heart. She's taking oh this homeless gosh. person I, I, to shelter. Know, and then, and then, I, then I saw my wife, and uh, hmm. never has there been a more loving embrace uh, being away from just, and it was worse because you'd sit there across the glass and you can't touch each other, you can't hold each other. And uh, yeah, that was a very special moment. You know, um, I, you just said that, and, and something that just moved me spiritually every time we met across the glasses, we would put our hands up 
Damn. to the glass and we would pray together and mm -hmm. that was uh, really special Damn. um really thankful for you so so you you came back and actually i think it was the first day or second day uh, second day mm -hmm. i came to your house because yeah. you wanted to do communion yeah yeah. And we, us three, Shelly, yeah. myself, uh, that's right. yeah, you couldn't go anywhere, could you? Yeah, I <laughs> um, so I came to you, and uh, it was definitely one of the sweetest times I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, of just everything was... that you had gone through, and now you're on the other side, but yet you had a whole lot more to go through, mm -hmm. um, and still going through. And well, sure. so what has kept you going through this healing process? What, what would you say, uh, other than all of this, of course? Yeah, you know... Um, I think you know one of the questions was why, and and that comes in a lot of different forms. Bad things happening to good people, and I don't think that's the right question. I, I think that mm. it, it holds you back when you focus on why. We may never know why. Maybe it's because I was supposed to be here to talk to you all today. I don't know why. I don't know why Chris sitting a foot from me dies. I don't. I, I could drive myself nuts trying to answer that question, and so would you. I think it's more important to ask what's next, God. What are we going to do with this? You know, mm. um, which I, was I Shelley's first question after you woke up yeah, that morning. It was. What are we doing? What, what are we going to do now? Mm. What are we going to do now? This is not my story. I think it's important. We all get wrapped up in thinking this is our story, and and for us believers, it's not my story. These are the events of my life. This is his story, and it's still being written. And and I think that if we focus on that a little bit more, that even this stuff that's not so great makes makes a little bit more sense. All things. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've been through it. I've been to the bottom. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, God can make all things work for good. And I just want to encourage you, whatever difficulties you might be going through now or in the future, that keep them, just remember that, that God can make all things work for good. And maybe it's because you are, need to be there for somebody else. Yeah, I... Um... I'm, I'm, I'm really taken back uh, by your testimony and being able to come back and say, you know what, because he, he, he doesn't have a problem um, putting me in my place. And, um, you know, he'll say, uh, he'll say Phil, forth. get it right, it's not my story. And I say, oh, I'm so sorry, Jeff. Um, no, but it's true, it's his story. Mm -hmm. And when we can begin to grasp that, you know what, this isn't as much about me, mm -hmm as it is about his story. Yeah. And his story will go down in history. Mm -hmm. And so often, so many people focus and cling and are obsessed and consumed with their story mm -hmm. that they miss his story. Yeah. And so exactly. I just, I, I feel, exactly. Jeff, not to put you on the spot, but I just feel like there's something through this that... Uh, you would be able to really just be raw enough to share with those who, who are out here right now saying, I relate. Mm -hmm. I've even had it worse, Jeff. Yeah. And I'm in the darkest hell. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do. What, yeah. would, what would you say? Um, you know, I think that Satan tries to tell us that God's not there for us. Um, and it's not true. And that's Satan talking. I wanted to die. I prayed to die. Um, I can't even tell you that I, I didn't think about taking my own life a couple of times. Um, but, but it's not true. There is a brighter day tomorrow. There is redemption and there is hope. 
And no matter the dark season that you're going through, hang on to that. Hang on to the fact that God is with you, even in the hardest times. And you may go through it for a while, I, I don't know, maybe for the rest of your life, but God's there with you. He is there with you, and, and, and he loves you dearly. Mm. Wow. You know, as we've been processing this for about a year and a half, one verse that always comes up to me that is just so prominent in his story mm -hmm. through your life is uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. First going to read it in ESV. It says, now faith. Can everyone say faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Not that you can see, not that you can grasp, not that you can experience, but hope for. And it's also the conviction, the confidence of those not seen. And then in, uh, in honor of your uh, jail Bible, the message version, it says this. I love this. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle of what we can't see. And so... Um, I would like to pray for all of us. The band's going to come up. And they're going to play a song that uh, has to do a lot with God's story through Jeff to this point. And I just felt led. I've been listening to this song from, from a band called Hillsong United. And it's called Another in the Fire. And I just pray that as you look at the lyrics, maybe you just even come to be quiet. We're not going to come and hover over you and pray for you. But if you just want to come to the altar and find healing and find hope, you can do that. But we just want to remind you that no matter what furnace you're in, whatever valley of death and sorrow and darkness you're in, whatever den of lions and whatever looks like the end for you and you don't know how to see the light of day at the end of the tunnel, I want you to know that there is another one in the fire with you. If you feel like you're drowning in the oceans of abandonment, guilt, fear, sin, hopelessness, know that God, through Jesus Christ, walks on water. And he's there in the depths of the seas when you feel like drowning. Peter, all I had to do is say, Lord, save me. And that's all we have to do in the depths of our sin and the depths of our sorrow is, Lord, save me. The Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Amen. Doesn't say clean up. Doesn't say get your act together, then call on me. It says call upon me in the depth of your pain, in the depth of your mess, in the depth of your brokenness, in the depth, depth of your hell. Call upon the name of the Lord. So let's pray. And then we're just going to spend some time sitting and soaking in this worship. Father, first off, just want to recognize how good and holy you are. Father, we don't understand all the things that go around us we don't understand but we can trust that the one who cast the galaxies into existence the one who spoke creation the one who breathed and life was formed 
the one who holds all things together, even the horrible squeak. Wow. The one who holds all things together when life just doesn't make sense is the one that's holding on to us. And I just ask that you would speak, Father, that you would move. And I, I want to thank you for Jeff's testimony that you never left him. You never abandoned him. You were always there right beside him through every trial, every fear, every single loss. You were right there beside him. And I just pray that you would bring greater glory to yourself through his story. I just give you thanks for what you're doing in everyone's life, Father. We look to you. We trust you. We don't understand everything that's going on, and we don't understand your timetable, but we choose, Father, to be faithful even when we don't feel it, to worship you even when it's the last thing on our minds to do because you are faithful, and you are with us, and you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.